You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I got a quote. It's real short. It's a Michael Jordan quote. Work ethic eliminates fear. So right now, like everybody is walking in fear, especially in the entrepreneurial space. If you put in the work and put in the due diligence and do what you need to get the competence, I always say competence creates confidence. So that's what we need to be focused on. But I want to introduce my guest today, Dave Jones. Dave Jones is the owner and operator of Windermere Abode Real Estate Company. Serving the community is a commitment Dave made to himself as he entered his professional life. As a former educator and high school principal, he takes service-minded approach to everything he does. He is also a videographer, hip-hop junkie, and has a love for all things tech, and is a certified hoopaholic. Welcome him to the show today. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to have you. I know we connected a while back. How hot is it down there, man? Because I was just down there not too long ago, and it was I, I, I took a shower, I walk outside, and I don't even know why I took a shower. <laughs> I was in Jasper, Texas, Beaumont. You know, I was around that area. Southeast. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it's 102, but it's not even the heat, bro. It's the humidity. That's the difference, bro. Like 90 yeah, some yeah, percent yeah. humidity in Texas, man. It's hot right now. It's a yeah, hot real estate market and it's a hot state, like literally. So it's, it's yep. crazy times, bro. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, man, just how you became a real estate entrepreneur. Tell me your story. We all have a story on how we got into this space because it's, it's a space that a lot of people are flooding into, but we all have mm-hmm. a reason on how we got into it. Tell me that, man, and just kind of catch me up on what's going on. All right, man. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna give you the footnote version since we have limited time here. But For sure. So my my initial, like I was a, I was a, you know, grew up playing basketball, all those things. I wanted to be a basketball coach, you know, and a high school basketball coach coming out of school and went to college, played a little bit. And then I went into education. So I was a teacher for 12 years at Stadium High School. And that's if you ever seen 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Like, so it's an old movie that's been played over and over. So anyway, that's the school that I taught at for 12 years. Stadium High School is a big old castle. And then I became an assistant principal at, a, at our local school, our lo- local high school. I coached and taught and all that stuff when I was teaching. And at the same time, Anne, my wife, was on her trajectory in, into becoming a real estate agent. So when I was done coaching, I resigned from coaching after about eight years. I was a head coach for five at the high school level. And I picked up a camera. I was managing an artist at the time. And I picked up a camera because I was like, man, that was about 2011 when when cameras were pot- like you could you could create your own videos and stuff. And so I was like, man, we could do our own listing videos. So I could do a terrible listing video. So anyway, we got a, I got a camera, started, started making her listing videos, you know, and from 2011 to 2013, you could probably go back on our YouTube now and watch all those videos. You know, we were doing listing videos back then. So that was our first foray into working together. We we're like, man, we're actually making a pretty good team. But I went into administration and then we had an opportunity. She, you know, she kept leveling up in her real estate business on the side and we both were leading separate careers and you know my next move was to be a principal her next move was to own and off do whatever who knows she didn't know but like then it was just like 
we got two young boys too at the same time. And it just seemed like we were passing in the night. We both are career driven. So then we had an opportunity to open up an office and I just said, you know what, let's do it. You know? And so I quit my job. Everyone was going kind of crazy. They're just like, why would you do that? You just got in, you know, like you're making good money, all these things. And I was just like, yeah, but I mean, there's something else out there for me. I don't know. I'm, I can always come back. There you go. So I'd quit and we opened up Windermere Abode in, in Old Town Tacoma. And, you know, we opened up with six, seven agents, seven, including Ann. And our goal with Windermere Abode was to create something different, you know, like something that was just, you know, first of all, you have a black owner, a black a black man and a woman, you know, as owners. So that you're checking off two boxes right there. And, you know, we just wanted to create more of a, you know, what if you, we, we just asked ourselves, what if you took, you know, cause brokerages might be 60 people or whatever. And, you know, 20 of the people, you know, you got your top producers and you got people who are just kind of in, and then you got people who might just be hanging their license there. Right. Yep. So we are just like, well, what if you just took the top 20 and you just wrapped your arms around them and you, and you created this, this culture and it was synergy and it was, and we had media and we told our story a certain way. And, and you have the aspect of, of a black owner. So, you know, like the vibes is going to be a little bit different, like from when you walk into like the paintings on the wall to the, the stuff that we talk about, like we talk about all the stuff. This was in 2017. We were already talking about all this stuff. And so when George Floyd, it hit, it was like, man, we, we already <laughs> this is there. how we opened up. We yeah. opened up out the gates like this because I'm an educator. I, I look at things from an equity lens always, you know? And so that's, yeah, that's how we opened up. And, and then it seems to be working. We, we've been, <laughs> we just been growing ever since. And right now, currently we're trying to figure out what scaling looks like for us, you know, um, scaling any business is hard. So, you know, the, as you know, mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now. You know, we've been open since December of 2017 and, you know, it's been a ride, man. It's been a ride. If you would have told me five years ago, this is what I'd be doing. I, I would, I would laugh at you, man. I, I honestly, I was going to, I was ready to ride out principal in until I was dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, man, that's, that's it. That's the part about the real estate industry, man. When you, when you transition into it, it's very sticky, you know, it, it mm-hmm. like, it like grows on your bones, you know, it's like, man. And so I'm proud of what y'all are doing, man. Like I know we connected some time ago and your wife and I have shared the stage at Inman Connect. And even when we're up there, like she's saying stuff, I'm saying stuff, but we like vibing, you know, it's like, it's the same, it's the same kind of thought process around culture and around substance, you know, and not just growing to grow, but growing with the right people, man. So I was really proud of what y'all were doing, man. That's awesome. That's why I reached out to you, bro. Yeah. You know, especially us running an independent, my wife and I, I know, Mm -hmm. I know the struggles that you have. So as you think about an agent, right, we get our licenses Mm -hmm. as a single agent and then we maybe grow a team and then become a team leader and then become a broker owner. Mm. What do you feel like was attractive to you guys about becoming a broker owner? And then what pain points are you trying to solve as a broker owner? Man, that's a good question for us. What, why we became broker owners, because it ain't, it, it ain't because of the money. Like, cause if we wanted to make money, <laughs> we would, you know, if we wanted to make money, bro. We would have been, we would have been already just made a team. Cause we talked about that. I was yep. like, well, cause she was already selling a lot of houses and we actually made less money going into ownership. So, but it's more of a long game. It's about having a buildable uh, an asset. It's about being able to 
row the same boat, if you will. So for example, today, right now, as we speak, my son's in tennis. I had to run out, go get my son, take him to tennis, and then come back here. And then she's going to, because we got one car, because you know what I mean? Like we're able to row the same boat. Whereas before, if that was the case, man, I, I can't move. I'm in the building. I, I got, I'm putting out fires. I'm doing stuff. It's in school, whatever. And so we just wanted to be on the same page a little bit more, you know, yeah. and I, I think, and I feel like with, we had also had complementary skill sets. So I have a master's in educational leadership, which really is like management almost like yep. I've dealt with teams my whole life, been captains of teams and all that kind of stuff. I was like, man, so let's talk because I'm, I love culture. Mm-hmm. I'm like let's build, let's start with culture. And then she has the real estate chops. You know, she's been doing it for, I don't know, 12, 14 years and her parents grew, were in the business. And so our goal, our goal was to create something different, something new and create a lifestyle for ourselves where we had a little bit more flexibility and we were building something that we could be proud of. And I could give, I was listening to Dame Dash, you know, like a while back. And he was like, I, I want to be able to give my kids a job. Yeah, I was like, damn, I can't give my kids anything. I can give them a pension <laughs> or something, you know, but I want to be able to build something. So that was one of the reasons to become broker owner. Now, in terms of what we're trying to do or what our goal is to set out to do for our people, for our brokers, we wanted to we wanted to take away the barriers to implementation of like social media, of the listing process and getting your listing out there, you know, and making it look good. Cause Anne had this process and people were like, Man, what do you do? Your listings always look great. They're always put out, you know, she put it out on YouTube, like all the different channels, the video was on point. The marketing remarks were on point. Everything came out seamlessly because you you know yet as you know you had that one time to get it on the market right and, yep. and make it look good. So we took that process and now that's what we do and that's that's baked into what we do here at at our brokerage. So every listing looks the same. Well, mm-hmm. not the same, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. the standard is is a standard, and if you want to go over that standard, great. But we have a standard in terms of the way that we list houses, the way that we market houses. And the way that we go about business, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're serious about our standard of practice. So mm-hmm. we educate, we have education. We're a small little office. We only have 26 people, but we're the little engine that could, you know, we, we do a lot of business here and we have great people. And so we just wanted to create a spot that we were proud of and wanted to go work, man. It's because, man, when I was in my last job, now I'm going on tangent here, but when I was on my no, last job, it was just like, why are people so mad all the like, <laughs> Man, I'm if I'm gonna spend eight like sixty hours here at this building, I am trying to be in a good mood. I'm trying to make it, you know, enjoyable. Yeah, we're gonna have stressful times. We're gonna disagree on things. That's you play sports, you know. Like I, I still play in the league on Sundays. We're yelling at each other all the time. Like, but at the same time, we enjoy it. Like it's we got love for each other. We're gonna, you know, pull for each other. So we wanted to make sure that it was a place too that we enjoyed being. So it's like people like family, basically. Man, so, I, yeah, man. No, nah, that's good, man. And like you said earlier, it's, people always say the broker because we're the ones that are broke, right? You know, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they think the brokers just sit back and collect checks. <laughs> and so, and, and and I will tell you, I, I commend you guys, and, and and obviously myself included. It's tough to be an independent. It's tough, mm-hmm. and so you're hitting a lot of pain points that you got to solve. And I don't think people understand what brokers have to deal with on a day-to-day basis as an independent. So mm-hmm. proud of you, man. So what, Thank you. as y'all are scaling the brokers, like what's the big why, you know, is it like you said earlier, being able to roll in the same direction, being able to work with your bride. Let's talk about the big why. 
then the mm-hmm. other question I keep getting that I used to always get with me and Erica is how do you guys have a marriage and then also work together? Like what's the, what, what, like, how are y'all being able to do that? Right. So if you could get counseling, our, <laughs> literally, <laughs> if you could give our listeners advice. So on that, if canceling it is, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. I can speak on that. Our why basically is, you know, we, we want to, we want to change real estate. I mean, honestly, like for me, it's bigger than that. I want to change the world, you know, like, and I feel like if I can change, I felt that way when I was teaching in my little old classroom, I was like, I'm going to change the world. I don't care if it's through these people. One of these kids is going to go out and change the world. But like, I want to change the world. And I, and people might look at me crazy for saying that. And it's just like, okay, well, when I keep telling myself that I keep having opportunities and things start coming up, Yep. but, but I do, we do want to change real estate in terms of practice, in terms of how we, we work in abundance instead of scarcity. Mm-hmm we share, like we, we collab, we have a true collaborative space where we don't have offices. It's, it's open, which has been a challenge in COVID times, but our why is to both create a space for brokers to talk about equity and do community work and be pillars in our community while being on the conversation of, you know, gentrification and righting all the wrongs of real estate in terms of how we've had a you know, oppressive policy. And we've had policy that was intention that was intended to be, you know, equitable, but 50 years later, it hasn't been, it's actually gotten worse. Mm -hmm. So we want to be on the front lines of some of those community conversations, but also we want to tell people like, you also still can be good. You can be good and still have a voice in all of this other stuff as well. You're not going to lose business. You actually, in fact, We've doubled and doubled our business every single year. And we're at the front forefront of all of these, what's seen as what people call political conversation. I don't call it political because it's I'm talking about humanity. I don't, I don't talk about politics. I talk about oppressive policy. I talk about redlining. I talk about, you know, blacks being three to four times more likely to fill in the blank in medicine, in real estate, in finances, in education, in anything. So so I'm like, okay, well, we have this system that clearly isn't working. Now, most people would veer away, you know, especially owners would veer away from those conversations out of fear of like losing business. But I'm saying, no, this is what we stand for. This is what we want everybody to win truly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we want to serve everybody too. So we want to have a diverse office or we're trying to have a diverse office. We are intentional about doing that. So those are our whys pretty much. We wanted to diversify real estate. We wanted to be on the front lines of communication in terms of what's happening in our communities, in terms of gentrification and housing crisis and all that stuff, and not just stick our head in the sand while we exacerbate the situation. And, you know, we also wanted to create a vibe, like let's create a dope spot. Like if you go to our website, Windermere Abode, like you can see the content. You can actually watch us build this office from the day that we opened. Like That's I have a awesome. vlog, I shot the vlog. Like you can watch it. You can binge watch it on YouTube if you want to. Like, that's dope to me. Yeah, like, that's I'm cool. gonna do dope stuff. I'm a, like, we got a podcast too. So like, I just wanted, I just wanted to do something that was dope. Like, this is how I would move if I had a business, basically. And then that's this is what we're doing. And it seems to be working and seem people seem to like it. So we also want to have, you know, we want to produce dope people too. Like we want to help people gain wealth. We want to help people, you know, help people help their people. 
Yeah. You know, like I think it's just about people, man, at the end of the day. No, now, the second, it. that was a long answer for the first question. The second question about the, the spouse, <laughs> I mean, man, it's, it's hard. Like, it, <laughs> You got to be cut like so me and Ann have known each other since elementary school. We didn't start dating until after after high school, but we knew the same. We have a, a similar, you know, mutual friends. And but yeah, I have one answer to that. Proactive counseling. Like yeah. and I'll be this is probably TMI. Our cycles are, <laughs> are faster. You know what I mean? Like so because you don't have a choice. Like we don't have four days to be in the doghouse. I don't got three days to be in the doghouse. It's like we got to we got to figure out we got to name it, figure this out. I know I'm making, I know, I know I'm, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I got my faults, mm-hmm. but like, I know I can call them out. I can name them. We'll just start laughing and be like, yep. All right, cool. I still feel some kind of way, but what are we doing about this? You know, like <laughs> you can at least, <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? You can move forward a little bit more Yeah. because before, boy, I tell you what, cause you, you know, we both go off to work our separate jobs. And so you're in that space, she's in this space and you still ain't resolved anything. So there is some, some benefits to working with your spouse. I tell people that yeah. all the time, like you're forced to deal with it. Like, yeah. cause you know, there's people that work for you and there's people that work for us. Me and Erica can't be in our feelings in a business meeting. We got 15 people sitting <laughs> yep. in the room. Like we got to deal with this. And so we just have this rule. Don't let the sun go down while we're, you know, at odds, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so no matter what, you know, we're going to put those kids to bed and we're going to, we're going to hash this thing out and then and, yep. and turn our heads to the pillow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good, man. And I think that's a great perspective. Like if you say I married my spouse, this is my partner in life. I tell people Erica's my partner in life and in business. And so, yeah. you know, she's truly my partner. Like, yeah. And so it's not a me, then her, it's a us. And so we both have, have a voice at home. We both have a voice at the office. Do y'all, do you, have you found that y'all have had more couple teams pop up at your at your brokerage like have there been do you attract couples as teams because we do yeah we have multiple yeah i would say for sure couples couples are especially now that we've merged our independent brokerage we are seeing so many couples from around the united states reaching out to us for what we were doing with our independent it's been the craziest thing like new york vegas la atlanta north carolina florida arkansas so we have so many couples that are inspired by what we did with our independent and they're reaching out to us to partner with us now. And it's been, nice. it's, it's been crazy. Cause like you said, it's a dynamic that people don't talk a lot about. Right. And there, honestly, there's not a lot of people in the real estate space that step to the forefront of the stage and keeps it real about that. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, you get to these different real estate things, these seminars and these people are just out there cheesing and smiling and being perfect. And so for me and Erica, like, we're just like, we're real people, man. Like, yeah, that's the key. It's hard, bro. Yep. It's hard, bro. Well, like, keep, it, keep swinging at that thing, man. So let <laughs> oh, me, yeah. let me ask you this. You were an athlete, right? Yeah. When you transition, what, what did you learn from being an athlete that you've used in business? I think that's really important. Ooh. We have a lot of athletes, whether they're pro yep. or D1 or not. Everybody's an athlete at some point. A lot of, especially a lot of real yep. estate people. What did you use as being an athlete that you transitioned into business that you feel some traits that helped you? Man, that's a that's a good question too. And I talk about this a lot. To me, it's a unique experience. And this is why I want my sons to play at least one season or whatever in a team sport where 
you are fighting against the person next to you for the spot, for the time, for the whatever. But when game day comes, you got to work towards the, the same common goal. And I think that in terms of adults that I've seen in my last industry in education and managing people and managing adults in there and then managing adults and watching adults here in this space, there's the common thread to me is those who have played sports or team sports or been held accountable in different ways in that facet of life in sports tend to navigate. I'm trying to choose my words wisely here, Mm -hmm. tend to navigate like conflict and things within the organization, the organization, because we real estate's is its own little thing where you have, we have a bunch of 1099 employees who they're their own business. Like they don't, we don't tell them what to do in a lot of ways, but so we're at, we operate like a team, but out there, they're still competing against each other. So it's almost backwards, like where mm-hmm. we are Windermere Abode and we have this unique thing and we're, we're definitely, there's a lot of synergy here, but then out there, they're still competing against each other. So it's like the opposite of being on a team where you go out and you compete against another team versus, yeah. So it's kind of weird. Like, but yeah. I think that when you look at the people who we have here, a lot of them have been involved in some type of sports or whatever. Some don't, not everyone's like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a either or thing, mm-hmm. but I do believe that in my experience from watching it and for myself, I'm able to, you know, be on a team and, and be able to compete against people, but also work with them at the same time. I can lead from the front, I can lead from the side and I can lead from behind. And I think that that's a, that's a thing that we, we all have to learn as, you know, cause you get humbled. Yeah. You know, I know you've been humbled. I've been humbled. Yeah. We've been injured. We've been, we've been lost games. I still play with these young cats, man. And they'd be mad. They miss a shot, two shot, or another team goes on a run. I was just playing last Sunday. I was like, man, these kids is getting mad, hanging their head. And I'm like, Hey, like get the ball to the floor. <laughs> like next play, man. Like, let's go. Like, what, yeah. are you, what are you hanging your head for, bro? Like there's, 85 possessions in this game if we play the tempo we want to, mm-hmm. but we can't play a tempo we want to if you're hanging your head. There's going to be shots made. Like, you acting like they ain't going to make a shot. Yeah. Like, so dealing with adversity, moving on to the next play, like, and those are things like with real estate. You know, you got a broker who might, we were just talking about that this morning in our ninja session. Like, mentally, man, like, you might go months without a deal. How are you dealing with that mentally? Mm-hmm. You know, there's that part of the game, too. And yeah. of course- one of them, they're both were athletes, you know, both were athletes. So, I mean, former athletes, yep. there's the mental side of it. There's working with other people, dealing with adversity. Like those are all things I think you get from, from the sports, man. I love it. the sports world trans translating into the business world. No, I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's key. Cause you know, and I think a lot of times people downplay those things you learn in sports and they don't really understand mm-hmm. how to translate it into mm-hmm. the real workspace. But what I tell people is if you think sports is competitive, man, you haven't got into business. <laughs> like yeah, facts, you know, there's a quote that I've heard. It's called business is warfare. And mm-hmm. so it's like, if you don't understand that, man, you thought you were competing on a basketball court or out there clapping pads and hitting each other, man, like get ready. I'm, Cause I, you know, mm-hmm. we're in college station where Texas A&M, there's a lot of athletes that reach out to me soccer girls, yep. volleyball girls, football players, it doesn't matter. And I try to prepare them for that because I don't think they really understand the sense of urgency and yep. the level that they're going to have to rise to mentally. 
But I was telling him, you already got it in you already got it in your chest. Now you just gotta learn how to translate it. I love that, man. That's a great response. So what sets your thought pro if like if I was gonna go back and say, here's one thing you wish you would have known when you first got in the industry, what would it be if you were gonna talk back to mm-hmm. yourself when you first got in the industry? Man, that's a that's a tough one. I think what I would have told myself then is I don't know. That's hard because I, I honestly, I did such a deep dive that first year because I was known as Mr. Jones for 14 years, <laughs> 15 years. I commanded some respect. I'd worked my way up the ladder for 15 years and yeah. commanded some respect. Yeah. So, and I was known throughout the district. And I'm not saying I'm like a most popular guy or nothing like that. Like I, I like to be behind the scenes personally, but so if I would have told myself something, something different, it'd just be like, man, keep going. Like whatever other people are saying or what they're thinking, it doesn't matter. Like just keep, keep running your race. I run my race. I, and actually I texted that to Ann yesterday. Yep. She was talking about something. She said, Oh, did you hear about something? Something? I was like, nah, we're running our race. Yep. I'm gonna run my race. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't run anybody else's race. I don't, I only worry about me, man. And, and what we're doing in our people, obviously I keep up with what's going on out there, but at the end of the day, I just worry about, my own chicken. Yep. Like, like Sean said, Marshawn said, he, you know, we got to take care of our own chicken, take care of your mentals. So, you know, that that's all I, cause I'm still so fairly new. I still have so much to learn, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so I don't, I don't know, man, I, I, that's a tough question. I don't have an answer because I wouldn't do anything differently. No, that's good. Like, bro. I feel like I stripped myself that first year. I literally stripped myself down and broke myself down. I hadn't, I didn't make you know, you start a business, you don't make, you ain't making money. So you got to look at how you're moving. You got to look at you, you really find yourself. So yeah. Yeah, man. And that it's the why in the, in the vision that's going to carry you through it. Yeah. Cause yeah. like you said, you didn't get into it because of, cause you just killing it those first couple of years. I tell people all the time, the first two years I was in real estate, I lost money. I yeah. Lost money. Mm-hmm. And so they just see you on I the believe. other side, but it's like, no, nah, man, you got to put it in. So I also had a, I, well, uh, sorry. I, no, I, I also had a, I have a saying, like I have two mission statements for my life, like my purpose of why I'm on the earth. So like, I already know the, like those are my two tenants that I go by and they're basically to create access and equi- equity for black and brown people. And then to give a voice to the voiceless. Like those are my two things that I'm, I'm put on. I feel like I've been put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. And that was made when I was in my other industry. Mm-hmm. So like, no matter what I do, like that's just kind of the, at the crux of who I am and what I do. And so anything I do is going to just lean towards in that direction, you know, and, and it'll and obviously I do other things and, but that's what I felt. And so that's what I leaned into that first year and in getting into this business, man, I love it. And this is the, this is the manifestation of it for sure. And God set you in that very spot, that very reason at this time for that. Yep. I love it. And you can tell it flows out of you. It's not, it's not forced. It's just come, it flows out of you. And I have some of similar sayings that it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So as we think about the way you set up the brokerage with the culture and the movement and everything, just the people, what is it? If you said, and obviously, you know, proprietary ideas, you know, you can keep the, but what is this one thing about your brokers that sets you apart? Kind of that secret sauce for your agents. For us, to me, it's the synergy. Mm-hmm. It's the synergy that we have between each other. It's the willingness to share and truly share like, Hey, how did you do that? Oh, I did that. Well, let me, let's meet up and we'll, we'll talk about that. You know what I mean? Like 
also the other thing is the owner Anne's not the not i don't know she i know she don't like to say this but she's not the top producer not even by a long shot mm-hmm. like and i know that that's not common because you know and i because she has business flowing in it's not but we're really focused on helping our brokers become the best people and, and really and the best brokers they can be and have let i want them to have record years I, we we've had a couple top producers, you know, like that, that were at the top. And then she's somewhere down in the bottom, you know, in the middle to the bottom, you know, like, and that's part of, that's the transition out of selling and mm-hmm. getting, you know, part of that's an intentional move, but also part of that is just from the heart. It's like, we really want y'all to win, man. Like this yep. is, this is about y'all and really making it happen for y'all. And so that's, I think that's what's special about what we have going on here is they all sh- they all see it. They all share. I mean, we have good synergy, and and the best part is you can go watch it all. You can go see, like honestly, man. Like when you watch those videos on Inside a Boat and stuff, like that's the goal of it is to make it look like that's who they really are. Yeah. You know, like that's not it. Ain't fake. It ain't. Yeah, it's not produced or edited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. What do you see as the biggest opportunity in the next twelve to twenty four months in the real estate industry? Oh man, this is, you're going to get me on some real, some, so what I see right now is I'm in the blockchain space. Like I've invested in crypto and I pay attention to that space. And I'm really actually right. As I was waiting for this, I was looking at, I know Proppy is a company that's doing some things. I just saw that there was a NFT, a home that was just sold. Proppy did uh, the that? first NFT. What's that? Proppy. Uh, I don't know if Proppy did it or or I, I can't pronounce, I don't know if it's Proppy or Proppy, but- um, Yeah, I think it's Proppy. I was on their show last, two weeks ago, but yeah. They, oh, really? Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. listening to you. So I think that that's a, I think the NFT, like I think the blockchain space and how the real, how real estate incorporates that technology is going to be a key factor moving forward. Maybe not in the next 24 to 48 months, but I think the groundwork will be laid for the next five years or so, or five to 10 years. And so I'm really watching that closely. I think, you know, when we have Compass and and other companies like that, that are publicly traded coming in this space and we have, you know, the tech merging with real estate, Mm -hmm. I'm watching that really closely when you have, you know, I I just think that that's an interesting thing going on right now. And, and we have Redfin right in our backyard. So like Mm -hmm. we, we see it, I think it's a great business model. It's not one that we're doing, but I don't, I don't hate on anything, man. Like yeah. that's the thing. I don't hate at all. I look at it and go like, all right, well, what can we take and what can we learn from that? And what are they doing? Cool. That's their business model. Well, I'm going to lean into my business model even more because I know they can't do what we do. Yeah. Like they can't, they physically can't. So, and I grew up here. Like I know all the people, I know how to tell my story. I know how to narrate. I know how to, we have a podcast. I know how to shoot video. I know how to edit. I know how to market. So it's like a triple threat Yeah. in terms of, I don't know. When I look at the business, though, I think the relationship between technology and real estate has always been there. And I think it's just going to, it's literally about to take off, like with the blockchain technology stuff. Man. So real quick, because I like to, obviously I know a lot of this, but if you could just run through this for my listeners real quick, because I know I'm going to get the question. When, (laughs) When we talk about cryptocurrency, blockchain, Deutschcoin, all this crazy stuff, right? Break down this (laughs) for me. I'm going to ask it to you. So what is cryptocurrency in one sentence or two sentences or whatever? What is cryptocurrency? I like to call it digital assets. Yep. It's blockchain technology. So if I had to like say that, I would say it's blockchain technology. It's an, it's internet 3.0. 
uh, we're on the precipice of of a major shift in technology. Um, And it's the first time in history you're able to participate in that and build wealth alongside it with the tokens that exist on the technology that's being implemented and, and created for different spaces. And I think in every single one, most people look at it as in terms of currency. I look at it in terms of technology and I'm not looking at the gain. I'm looking at the gains like, yeah, I know I can make gains and investing in certain ones, but I'm looking at the technology and I'm so fascinated by that. Like we're on the, like I was doing this with the internet. I was in classrooms in 2008. I'm sorry, this is the long version of the answer. You're going to get long answers from me. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it running, bro. I was in classrooms in 2008 talking about, oh, the cloud, you're going to be able to stream games from da, da, da. And kids were looking at me like, what is he talking about? (laughs) What is like, you are, you always talk about the cloud. And I was just like, hey man, Google's coming, bro. Like, yeah. And so I'm an early adopter type guy. Like I like looking forward to things and I have an imagination where I can see it. I'm like, oh, I get it. So cryptocurrency is more about the blockchain technology, I think, and smart contracts and how those impact and make our lives more efficient in so many different ways, um, whether it's infrastructure, uh, whether it's, I mean, we work with contracts, smart contracts. We work with real estate contracts, Mm -hmm. supply chain management, arts, music, everything is going to be impacted. That's crazy. So what is an NFT then? And what the hell does NFT stand for? (laughs) (laughs) NFT is a non-fungible token. Uh, So what an an NFT, so NFT basically is like a mint, it's a, it's a minted piece of, it's a digital asset that is one of one. So like if I wanted to create an NFT, I could make 50 and I would mint them one, two, three, four. So it's one of 50, two of 50, three of 50. And those are digital assets. They live in a dig- on a blockchain. And the best part about it is I can create rules around that NFT. So the originator of the NFT can create a royalty for that NFT. So that means I can put in there, all right, so I, the, the creator will get 5% of every transaction of this NFT from now until forever. And so that's why I think it's going to change the way we do things. Because if you're a business, if I'm Nike and the set and StockX and goat and all these other resale, you know, all the resale market exists and they're not getting a cut of that. I would create my own blockchain, create my own token and basically say like, here, this shoe is an NFT and it's going to live this is one shoe of five, 500,000, whatever, however they want to make of that shoe. And it's if you want to resell it, cool, resell it on here. And they get, they get that 5% kickback. What business is going to say, no, I don't, want to th- I don't want to take advantage of that. I don't like that royalty piece. I don't think we should. Like, it's coming. If you're talking about uh, they have tickets, they have scalpers right out there selling tickets. They don't get a cut of that. Well, if that ticket's an NFT, they do. Wow. That's a game so, changer. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's coming, man. Like I, I just, I, it just makes too much sense for me. So NFTs also can be tickets. They can be physical products. They can be art. They can be NBA top shots. They can, it, there's, it can be anything pretty much. It's a, it's a non-fungible token. It's one of one. I love it, man. I knew a lot of that, but the way that you broke it down, it, it makes it clearer for sure. That makes sense, man. So and then the last question, because I've been getting this a lot. How are people using cryptocurrency to purchase real estate? Is it because of mm-hmm. the contracts and everything? Because I'm starting to see brokerages are starting to 
when they put a listing up, they say, you know, you can use cryptocurrency to purchase this, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you see that affecting our industry? I think it, it will be here at some point because right now, if you open up your PayPal app, you open up your cash app, you open up your Venmo, there's a crypto option. And I think as USDC, so that's US dollar stable coin and Tether and these other stable coins. And those coins are coins that don't, they're backed by Visa. They don't move. They're just a dollar to a coin. So you can put your money there if you want something safe. People are going to, here's, here's why. Okay. This is a roundabout answer. Okay. It's going to be impacted because I think banks are, are almost like Netflix, or I'm sorry, like Blockbuster, Blockbuster. right now, yep. because you have companies like Voyager, Coinbase, BlockFi, these companies that can offer you high yields, like 9% on my USDC stablecoin, the one that doesn't move at all. Mm. So I'm sitting here going, well, why wouldn't I keep my money with you at 9% APY versus the bank? So it just makes sense. And so they're also saying, oh, by the way, we're going to give you a Visa card that you can use to wow, my money's making 9% APY. You're going to give me a debit card and I can just spend out of that too at the same time. Like that's a no brainer for me. I'm moving my money over to Voyager or I'm moving my own money over to Coinbase or whoever. And at the same time, I can hold Bitcoin. I can hold Ethereum. I can hold Cardano. I can hold, and I might be, and if you accept those coins, I'll pay in that. So it just depends on what kind of bag you hold. If I have $50,000 worth of Bitcoin in my account, if, and I go to the store, I want to put, I got to put 20 down on a house. Well, I'm not going to use my, my money, my fiat, my dollar, my currency. I'll just take it out of my Bitcoin. Do you accept Bitcoin? Yeah. All right. Who cool. Here's $20,000 of Bitcoin. And you can verify that with my Voyager because they're backed by a bank or they're backed by FDIC or whatever. So like, and right now that's all happening. All that friction right now between the institutional banks and crypto is happening right now to work all of that regulation out. And I think that what we're going to see down the road is we are going to see more people having, well, if you don't accept crypto, then they're going to find someone who does. Wow. Man, evolve or die for sure. We're going to have to. Yeah. And I, I want regulation. I think it. I think it's a natural progression. And also what I like people to look at is when they think about the time that we're in right now, we're at the beginning of a century. This is the 20s. Go back to the roaring 20s. What's old is new. Ain't nothing, you know, like mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've been through down this road before. And so I think we're going to see some really crazy things happen in this next, uh, this decade. Love it, bro. Last couple of questions, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. No one's ever really broke it down for my audience that way. And I appreciate you, you know, really diving into it. I think people are going to walk away with some substance and some framework to dig deeper if they want more. Yeah. Thanks, man. What's one technology that your brokerage is using that you feel like has really helped you guys be innovative or scale? Man, that's a good question. We, you know, it, I could I could answer that in a couple different ways. You know, you have the logistics side of things, like the operational side, like we use paperless pipeline. I know, and I learned a lot of companies are using that. There's different versions of that software. But honestly, if we talk about technology, it's social media. Mm-hmm. I think when we talk about marketing, we talk about video, like I shoot video. So I shoot video, but I don't shoot all of the listing videos. I think video has been the number one thing that has really, truly add on top of like, you know, expertise and 
trying to provide value and as a designated broker. So she's doing a lot of, you know, all of that stuff. But in terms of visibility and how we've been able to present video has been the number one thing. I think that's really, truly kept us top of mind to a lot of people. And we've been able to tell the story and narrate how we do our job and how we do our work. Love it. So love it, bro. Been it. All right, man. So I have every one of my guests that come on to recommend a book. I think you had, you know, the books you recommended. Why did you recommend that race for profit and what did it do to help, you know, change your life? Yeah. Race for profit. Race for profit is a good book to read because I think it's because color of law has been the, the book that a lot of people will point out, but I think race for profit looks at the, the policies, why fair housing hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And she dives in, the author dives into what has happened, what's taken place. And, you know, we're all going to have different takeaways from a book, but I think what she breaks down and she goes back and looks at FHA, VA, and all, all these other things that have taken place, the new deal and, and looking back at those and going, okay, well, since the fair housing act, actually the home ownership of blacks has decreased, not increased. And the wealth gap has actually increased, not decreased. So we had this intentional, you know, we had this, this, this policy come to play and we had this push, but how come it hasn't worked? So she dives into that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell any answers because I'm actually rereading it right now. There's <laughs> a lot of information, but that's one of them. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed that book and I'm rereading it right now as we speak. I got to pick that up. All right, brother. Yeah, so good. I want to get your final thoughts to our audience, man. Thank you for this great episode, and, but also let people know where they can find you. If they want to look you up, they like what you said and they want to connect. So give me your final yeah. thoughts to our audience and then uh, where can people find you? Man. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Like this has been an honor and like, it's crazy because I remember, I remember you from college. Like I used to watch college football, like a lot, like I used to be a junkie. So I, when I see the name, I was like, man, where do I know him from? Like, I know. And then yeah, the A&M and I was like, oh yeah. Yep. I used to get down. Yeah. I used to get down, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. Yeah. So to the audience, I really think that, you know, we're in a really we have a lot of responsibility in this time to truly change this nation to what we want it to be. And I know I want what I want it to be for my sons. I want it to be a place where, you know, they can thrive and not have to worry about, you know, the color of the skin and nothing like that. And I know that we all want that, but we have to actually do intentional work to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm on. That's what I want to do on top of being good at our jobs, you know, like, and I really take that seriously too. So we can do that. And I also want to, provide space, more spaces for black and brown people in real estate. You know, I think that that's important to me. It's something that I will do until I die or I move into another industry, whatever you, I already talked about my, my two core values. So anyway, that's, that's what I got. And if you want to find me, man, I'm at the Deacon on Instagram, T H A D E A C O N. That's my personal page. I do. That's where I do all my content. I do all my stuff. You can see how I visually represent on there. I'm also on Twitter, same name. I'm on, we have Windermere Abode on Instagram, Windermere, W-I-N-D-E-R-M-E-R-E, Abode, A-B-O-D-E, all one word on Instagram. That's our Instagram page. We do a lot there. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Inside Abode is my podcast. That's also a vlog series as well. So Inside Abode vlog, and we have the Inside Abode podcast as well. We drop that every week. So yeah, man, we... I create a lot of content and some content you might like, some content you might not like, you know what I mean? I'm 
if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to get a lot of music and basketball. It's not real estate stuff. If you follow <laughs> me on my Instagram, I'm doing some inst- real estate stuff on there, but really it's just me creating and just showing y'all what I like to do, what I'm into. And then if you want to see my real estate content, that's usually reserved for our channel and making sure that I'm getting our people out there and trying to make sure that we get, you know, decreased, you know, get those barriers. So if people have barriers on video, we're going to make sure that you out there. So I love it. So we move, man, man. I want to connect with you offline about what you're doing with the video stuff, man. We'd love to do that. Oh yeah. So I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for being on the show. And then, yeah, I'm going to be in touch, man. I want to connect with you soon. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm an open book, man. All right, bro. Thanks for having me on, bro. Man, it's going to be a great episode. And if I can help you in any way, man, hit me up. But we'll connect soon. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to TerrenceMurphy.com. 